0: Right. Well, weren't you blessed by the beautiful bulletin cover that Raven Mason of our congregation prepared for today? Isn't that lovely? Thank you, Raven. Thank you indeed. Yes. All right. Well, a lot of you are familiar with these uh, coffee cups, aren't you? The Tim Horton coffee cups. And some of you probably especially like. The ones when uh, certain times of the year they have the, what do they call it? Oh yeah, you know it better than I. Roll up the rim. Well, a Canadian went into Tim Horton's coffee shop and noticed that there was a roll up the rim to win contest. So he uh, rolled up the rim of his coffee cup And he started yelling happily, he started yelling, he said, I won, I won, I won a motorhome, I won a motorhome, yes, yes, I won a motorhome. The girl at the counter said, Sir, that's impossible, that's impossible, the biggest prize is a car, she said. There are no motorhomes, the biggest prize is a car. The person once again shouted, no, 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 it's, it's, it's not a mistake. I've won a motorhome. i won a motorhome. He handed the coffee cup to the girl at the counter. And then she, she read it. She read it. Win a bagel. Win a bagel. <laughs> and for those of you who still don't get it, there's a motorhome company called Win a Bagel. Now, uh, uh, some of us would make that mistake, wouldn't we? All right. <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, July the first marks Canada's birthday. Our country was officially born on July one. What year? eighteen sixty seven. That's right. Which means that Canada this year is how old? 152, uh, those of you who gave the wrong number, I think you meant to say 152. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Now, some of us, some of you might think that 152 is old, but compared to many other countries, we are actually a young nation, okay? Uh, when we're talking about how young or, or how old something is, it often depends on a person's perspective. Uh, some years ago, some summers ago when my wife and I had the privilege of going on a Mediterranean cruise uh, during uh, that cruise, the ship stopped in one of the older cities in Europe and my wife uh, my wife and I went on a nice tour to see the main sites as probably many of you have also done. So while we were on this tour, the guide took us at first to one of the oldest churches. It was a huge, beautiful cathedral that was built about a thousand years ago. It was built about a thousand years ago. Then they took us to a variety of other uh, sites that we appreciated. And then what was very interesting was, George, what was really interesting was uh, I think it was the last visit or the last place we went to, the tour guide was really excited. And she said, and now, and now, my friends, I'm going to take you to one of our youngest or to one of our newest churches. I'm going to take you to one of our newest churches. And I thought, oh, that's nice. I guess she's going to take us to one of the churches that was built two or three years ago. So then we rolled up. We rolled up to the, the church she wanted us to see, one of their newest churches, And she said, now this is one of our newest churches. It was built only 150 years ago. (laughs) So anyway, uh, perspective, right? Depends where you live and what your experiences are. So whether you think Canada being 152 years young or old uh, depends on your perspective, doesn't it? As I was thinking... About July the first, Canada Day, I asked myself, what do Canadians really need? What do Canadians really need? It was wonderful that recently the Toronto Raptors, of course, won the basketball championship. Yeah. And uh, in a sense, in a sense, it was a win, not only for Toronto, but for all of Canada as we saw on the news. And it will be wonderful if the Toronto Raptors, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the Blue Jays baseball team, the Argonauts team, the soccer team, would all win championships every few years. You'd be appreciative of that, wouldn't you? We, We all would, yes. Well, thinking beyond sports, thinking beyond sports, however, I asked myself, what do Canadians really need? And the answer that came to my mind is this. What Canadians need is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What Canadians need is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the fruit of the Holy Spirit empowers us to live, work, play, and worship in beautiful harmony. Amen? Now, Galatians chapter 5... Verses 22-23 tell us about the fruit of the Spirit. And so you can turn to your Bibles there. You will also see the verses up on the screen. Uh, by the way, this part, this part of our Bible called Galatians was written around 49 A.D. by the Apostle Paul to a group of churches which most likely Paul had started in an area known as Galatia in the first century and much of what used to be Galatia uh, in that first century is now a part of modern day Turkey. So in a moment, just uh, let's just, let's just uh, read these beautiful verses together. Hold on. Let's just uh, read them together in unison from the big screen, all right? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My friends, what we just read is, is what each one of us in this beautiful sanctuary needs to experience and to live out. And uh, what we just read is what all of our radio listeners and internet listeners need to experience, whether they live here in Canada or all the way over in, in Great Britain, where our, our, our guest is from today. What we just read is what, what is really needed by every single person. And so the question is, Are you and I allowing the Holy Spirit to produce the kind of fruit he wants to place in your life and in mine? So think with me on the first fruit stated, which is obvious, and that, of course, is love. The fruit, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, love. Amen? There are some other, many other beautiful Bible verses that teach us the same truth. For example, Romans 5.5. 5. Romans 5.5, 5. read it with me. God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And look at 1 John 4.7. Love comes from God. In Colossians 1.8. He, that's Epaphras, is the one who told us about the great love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. Now, in the English language, we really have only one word to express all kinds of love. Correct? For the most part, really, there's only one word in English. In Greek, however which is the language our New Testament Bible was originally written in, there were were four main words for love. One of the Greek words for love was eros, E-R-O-S, which was mainly used by Greek-speaking people to refer to love between a man and a woman. It's the Greek word from which you probably are aware of we get the word erotic from. And by by the way, although although the word eros was used in the first century, uh, it was never actually used in the New Testament Bible at all. Another Greek word for love was phileo, all right, phileo, or phileo, P-H-I-L-E-O, and phileo describes the warm love which we feel for those nearest and dearest to us. It is often translated brotherly love, or family love. It is, it is the love of friends, it is the love of friends. And then a third Greek word for love was S-T-O-R-G-E, storge, storge. And uh, Storge describes the love of of parents for children and and children's love for for parents. Now, a fourth major Greek word for love was and is agape. Agape. Why don't you just say it with me? Agape. All right? Agape describes the most uh, unselfish, the most sacrificial, the most generous, the highest kind of love we can ever experience. Agape love is, is expressed in action and is not just left as a as a feeling. Dr. William Barclay explains agape love in, in this way, in this way. Now, now if you listen carefully to what he says, you'll say, man, that is that is what you would call extreme love. Extreme. So listen, listen, you'll see why I say it's really extreme. Uh, Dr. Barclay says that agape love means, (laughs) look at this, it means that no matter what a person may do to us by way of insult or injury or humiliation, we will never seek anything else but the person's highest good now some of you are thinking I'd like to have some words with Dr. Barclay was he feeling okay when he wrote that Uh, he goes on and he says agape is therefore a feeling of the mind as much as of the heart it concerns the will as much as the emotions it describes the deliberate Deliberate effort which we can make only with the help of God. Never to seek anything but the best even for those who seek the worst for us. Now that's what some of us would call extreme love. Would you agree, Dr. Lisa? Amen. Amen. In Galatians 5.22 where we are told that when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce love in us. The Greek word, the Greek word which is translated love is the word agape. It's the word agape which is the most unselfish, the most sacrificial, the most generous, and the highest kind of love we can ever experience. So here's the question. Is your heart and mind filled with this kind of agape love? A love that is the most sac- uh, the most unselfish, the most sacrificial, the most generous and the highest kind of love we can ever experience. Holy Spirit produce this kind of love in each of us. Amen? Holy Spirit, produce this kind of agape love in each of us. One of the most uh, special and beautiful examples of agape love that I've ever heard of is the story of a little brother whose little sister needed to receive Some blood. The doctor explained that his sister had the same disease which the boy had recovered from two years earlier. His sister's only chance to get better was if she could have a blood transfusion, which meant if she could get some blood from someone who had previously conquered the disease. Since the two children had the same rare blood type, the brother was the ideal donor. In other words, he was the ideal person to give his sister some blood which would take away her illness. The doctor said to the little boy, would you you give your blood to Mary? Johnny waited for a moment. His lower lip started to tremble, to shake a little bit. And and then, then Johnny smiled. He smiled and said, sure, for my sister, I will. For my sister, I will. Soon the two children were wheeled into the hospital room. Mary, the little sister, was pale and thin because of her illness. Johnny, the little brother, was strong and healthy. Neither of the children spoke, but when their eyes met, Johnny smiled. As the doctor and nurse put the needle into his arm to take some of his blood, Johnny's smile started to go away. He watched the blood flow through the tube and when the nurse, the nurse was almost finished taking some of his blood, Johnny's voice was slightly shaking as he broke the silence and said, Doctor, when, when do I die? When do I die? Only then, only then did the doctor realize why Johnny had hesitated when They had asked him if he would be willing to give blood to save his sister's life. Only then did the doctor realize why Johnny had trembled when he had agreed to donate his blood. The doctor discovered that Johnny thought that by giving his blood to his sister, it meant that he was giving up his own life and that Johnny himself was going to die. Obviously, the doctor quickly explained to Johnny that fortunately he did not have to die to save his sister. The doctor explained to the little boy that soon the blood which they took from him would be replaced, replaced by his own body in a a wonderful, miraculous way. Nevertheless, nevertheless, The little boy's willingness to give his blood to his little sister at a time when he thought it would mean the end of his own life is, in my mind, a powerful example of agape love. Agape love. A love that is totally unselfish. A love that is totally, totally sacrificial. It's the most generous, the highest kind of love we can ever experience and show. My friends, it is that kind, it is that kind of incredible love which the Holy Spirit is able to to produce in your heart and in mine. Amen? The fruit of the Holy Spirit is agape love. And that's what that's what Canadians need. And that's what you and I need. What does What does this agape love result in? What does it result in? Well, it would take a long time to give all the results, but here are a few. The results of agape love are number one. Agape love transforms us from being selfish to unselfish. It's number one. Number two, it transforms us from being me-centered to other people-centered. The Zagabi love helps us to, to live out Bible verses such as Philippians 2, 3, and, and 4, where it says, read it with me from the big screen, don't be selfish. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And so, my friends, I want to ask you, who who is someone you can take an interest in this week, just to be a blessing, to be a help, to be an encouragement, to lessen their load? Is it someone at work, or one of your neighbors, someone at the grocery store, or someone at church, or it could be someone in your own immediate family? Agape love transforms us from being me centered to other people centered. Here's a third result of agape love. This agape love also transforms us from being a a discourager into being the person who encourages others. Will you become a great encourager? A great encourager? Here's a fourth result of agape love. Agape love helps us to overcome our prejudice. To overcome prejudice. Galatians 3, 28 says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Romans 10, verse 12 says, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. And Leviticus 19, verse 13 and 14 declares, When a foreigner, when a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native-born. Love them as yourselves. Now some of you, some of you might be thinking, Pastor Nick, I've mentioned this on occasion across the years. Some of you might be thinking, Pastor Nick, what do you know? What do you know about prejudice? You look white. You talk white. You smell white. You even wear white shirts most of the time most of the time, right? Some of you might be thinking, what do I know about prejudice? Well, I know more than some of you think. I was born in another country, as most of you know. I was born in the northern part of Greece. I was a young boy when we came to Canada. In grade school, in grade school, it was fairly common Fairly common for some kids to say to me things like, you lousy wop, you lousy wop. I didn't even know what a wop was. <laughs> you know, it was fairly common, fairly common to, to hear things like, you know, go back to where you came from, Nick. Go back to where you came from, go back to that greasy place. I couldn't even remember anything about Greece, you know. Now these, these kinds of things, these kinds of things were shouted, not, no, not only, they were shouted out not, not only to me, but, but to, to many other children who, who came from Greece and the community and the school I attended also had a lot of children originally from Italy as well. So my friends, I, I learned, I learned at a young age that some people are prejudiced towards others just because they were born in another country. And as a kid, I used to kind of scratch my head and, 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 and think like, like so, so what, 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 why does it matter that I was born in another country? Like, we're just all people, we're all kids here. Wasn't that so brilliant of me? <laughs> now, other people, other people are prejudiced because, because someone, someone is black or brown or yellow or white, then, then there are some some who are prejudiced towards people who are poor and others and others are, are prejudiced towards people who are rich this is crazy and some are prejudiced towards old people and others are prejudiced towards young people and a lot of that stuff really doesn't make sense does it it just just it just boggles my mind. Doesn't make sense. Isn't it wonderful to know? Isn't it wonderful to know that agape love can give you and me victory over prejudice? Amen? Amen? Amen. So the question is: do you have victory? over prejudice Galatians 5:22 declares Say it with me The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love My friends that's what the nation of Canada needs what Canadians need Is the fruit of the Holy Spirit starting with love? And next Sunday, we'll go into part two of this message. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit, love. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for what you teach us in these beautiful verses of Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And Lord, I pray that indeed, that indeed you would, you would work in our hearts and in our lives, transforming us, filling us with your love, with your agape love, a love that is, that is unselfish, that is, that is sacrificial, a love that is sometimes beyond human understanding Lord let this happen this kind of love bringing about in each of our lives dear God I pray that across across our city and across our province and across our nation of Canada more and more people would be would be gripped and filled with your agape love May you work through the Christian churches across this nation that proclaim, that proclaim the work of your Holy Spirit, that proclaim agape love and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're able to do, how you're able to transform our hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.